Uh, I'm going to continue the message uh, series that we have, uh, Awake 2021, and I'm going to be uh, titling this message, uh, Gospel Community, Gospel Community. And so what does it mean to be a member of the church, the local body of Christ? What does it mean? What does it mean to be partnered with a uh, gospel community? And a lot of us define church by our past experiences. One thinks church should be this way. The other says this way it should be. And some of those who are, are new to church don't even know what it's supposed to be like. And uh, so what we're going to do today is we're going to investigate the Word of God. We're going to find out what the early church thought church was. And I think it will be a pattern, a, a model for us to uh, uphold as we go ahead and, and walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. Pastor Mamie grew up a, a Catholic. I grew up a Lutheran. Uh, the concept that Pastor Mamie understood is that you come to church uh, and you go. No other connection needs to be made, no other obligation. You know, the priest is supposed to do all the work, you know. So is it, is it, it really, is it, I'm in, I'm out, and that's what it's all about? Is it? No, it's not. It, it, it's, it's not that way. And what we're going to find out is, is that a lot of people have a misunderstanding of church, that the church is here for me it's to help me when I'm having difficulty. It's to, here to comfort me. It's here to pump me up. It, it's uh, maybe I'll see you next week or maybe you won't. Uh, I'll be back when I feel like I need it. Uh, no concern except for me, myself, and I. And that is not the biblical church that God has put himself on a cross for. Amen? And those of you who are simply watching by online uh, videos, and uh, it, I, I, I'll tell you right now, that's not church. Thank you. It's not church. I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. It's found in the New Testament. Uh, the Spirit of God moved Paul to write this letter to the Galatians, and it's a uh, tremendous book of the Bible. It is telling you that it's not by works you're saved. You're saved by the grace of God through faith. Amen? And the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. Yes, God has called us to do good works, but our good works are not going to give us any brownie points to the place where God will love you more because you did something. Uh, whether or not you did it or not, God's love stays the same. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 and this is, this is really directed to the uh, folks there that are online and have settled into a comfort zone of, I don't need to go to church. It is the 21st century. We have all this technology. I don't need to get myself involved with that. I'll just watch it at my convenience. I'll, I'll, I'll just, you know, if I judge myself, I'm doing pretty good. You know, my love walk is really great. How do you think your love walk is, Steve? I think it's superb. <laughs> you know that God puts people in front of you, beside you, to just rub the hard edges off of you. Because it's your attitude during those things that will develop you. It says uh, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, So while... We have an opportunity. Let us do good to all people. 
And especially to those who are of the household of faith. So now, if you don't come to church, how are you going to be good to those people who are of the household of faith? If I'm stepping on your toes, I mean to. And I'm doing it on purpose. But I'll tell you, I'm the messenger boy. I didn't write this. There are 59 one another scriptures in the Bible, in the New Testament. One another. Exhortations in scripture for us to do something for another person. (laughs) That means there has to be other people involved. (laughs) So you can't do the one another scriptures if you just stay home. So I'm inviting you next Sunday. Well, actually, come on Tuesday for prayer, then come on Wednesday for prayer, and then come join this family of believers. Amen? So like I said, I want to look at the early church and what it meant to them to belong, to belong to a local body of Christ, the local body of Christ. I want you to turn to uh, the book of Acts. We're going to look at two different uh, scriptures here. Well, we might look at more, but I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2, first of all. Acts chapter 2, we're going to find out what the early church considered church. And then the next piece of uh, scripture that we're going to look at will be found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I think that these scriptures provide a beautiful and a powerful picture of Christian community, the local body of Christ. So let's take a look at it. I think this glimpse that we'll have and gain uh, today is, is really uh, a template for what we should aspire to as the church in the 21st century. It really is a model of genuine community, and I think that all churches should really seek after this and really put these principles in effect. Uh, I'd like to unpack this scripture. We're going to take a look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. I think that if we put these traits in our connections here at Community Life Church, I think we would inspire passion within one another. And I really believe that that God would do more powerful things in our church if we come into the understanding of what uh, the New Testament church should look like. Uh, We said it a couple of weeks ago, what is a disciple? Is a disciple someone who just simply says a prayer? and goes on their way, what is a disciple? We looked at that and investigated some of that as we, uh, a couple of weeks ago is when that happened. But I'd like to pull out six things that we're going to take a look at and pull out of this, this scriptures here. And it's, you know, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, it's the, let me try to get it. It's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the glory of kings to find it out. So that means, that means that we have a responsibility. Something might be hidden from you for a while, but then if you are a seeker of truth, God will make sure that you get it. Amen? Isn't that good? I mean, really, it is good. I mean, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'll tell you what, God sure does take me around the mountain until I get it. <laughs> Yikes. But don't worry, if you're going around that same mountain again, 
Remember the children of Israel? Their sandals didn't wear out. <laughs> God's a good teacher, and he wants you to get it. So let's start, start off in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were gathered and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing in one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so let's take a look at verse 42. Hopefully you have your Bibles because I'm not going to bring that scripture back up, but I want you to take a look at what it says there and see what God is helping us to understand about gospel community. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The number one thing I pull out of this, the the six things I pull out of this particular scripture, uh, is full devotion to Christ and his cause. Full devotion. Full devotion. Half-hearted, semi-devoted people rarely accomplish anything good. I mean, that's the truth. Uh, Part of a a God-honoring community is fully devoted and has passion for for Jesus Christ himself, for what he's done in your life, and for what he can do in other people's lives. Now, people aren't going to follow a a cause that's not worthy. Amen? Everything peters out at that point. we should be in, this should be a church that reflects that full devotion to Christ. And that means all of us. This is the day that we're going to judge ourselves, guys. And isn't it good that you find these things out before it's too late? Because there's going to be a day when you and I stand face to face to Jesus Christ. And the Bible declares those things that he said will judge us. Those things that he has said will judge us. And what's great is that we have it written down. So we'll know what he's going to bring up. And right now, praise God, that we have an opportunity to adjust some things, to repent, to ask God to forgive. I didn't see it, Lord. Forgive me. Now I'm asking you for the power. Empower me to fulfill this mission to go for it, Lord, to be fully devoted, to have this passion that I see in other people. This is what God is looking for us. We want to be not just within ourselves, not just on Sunday. We want to follow and pursue the cause of Christ out in the marketplace, everywhere you go, everywhere you go. So the first thing is the fully devotion full devotion to Christ and his cause. The second thing I see in verse 43, it says everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. 
So the second thing you hear is there's an anticipation of God's supernatural work. Church, that's exactly right. You need to expect God to move in your life. Good word, Jason. We see these things. A lot of times we put these promises that don't come to pass real quick for us because we're used to the microwave generation, the drive-through generation. Do you know it took Abraham and Sarah 25 years for the promise to come by, to come? 25 years. And do you know what it says? They are fully persuaded. That takes work, folks. It doesn't just fall on us. It takes work. It takes reflection on your life. It takes meditation in the Word of God. It actually helps you to recall what God has done in your life. And it's great to hear somebody else's testimony because that's an inspiration for you. You're not going to hear somebody's testimony if you're not here. <laughs> but that's what we have to do. We have to anticipate God's supernatural. God is supernatural. He is. We sang a song. He's a miracle worker. But you know what? The miracle worker walked past millions, hundreds of people, and nothing happened. There's a story in the Bible that people were pressing in against him and pressing in against him and pressing in against him, and then he said, who touched me? And what was recognized? It was the touch of faith. Somebody expected a miracle. With all these other people touching him, there was nothing there that made the connection. But it was faith that made the connection. The truth is, God is and will work through a willing community. One that is following him in faith. One that is following him in courage. You know, in Acts chapter 2, they prayed and they expected God to do something. They expected an answer to the prayer. You know, this isn't the prayers that I grew up with. Now I lay me down to sleep. If I die, I pray the Lord to sleep. No, I want some action. I want some answers to my prayers. And if you're not tenacious in wanting answers to your prayers, you'll get exactly what you have now. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but that's not the way God wants it. But we find out through the Bible how these things work. It works through faith. It works through expectation, anticipation. That was what they were doing. They were expecting, they were anticipating the supernatural work of God to be in their midst. Amen? I'm just simply trusting him to do it. Remember Abraham? 25 years. He didn't let go of that promise. Joseph was another one. 14 years. Years and years in prison. Doesn't look like God's going to do anything. Now, if that's the way he kept his mind, he would have died in that prison. But he had what? He had God's word on it. And he reminded himself of God's word. He thanked him before the promise was ever delivered. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. This is how we live. We live by faith, not by sight. Amen? And it's only through faith that you're going to receive the promises. 
It says, what were the power twins in Hebrews? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. And patience doesn't mean just sitting in there. Everybody stands in line. Do you know what that word actually means? If you do a word study in that, it means to be entwined. Entwined. Patience, meaning entwined with the Word of God. Entwined with what He wants. Entwined. My heart is in His hands. My heart is connected and unified with Him. That's what patience means. Verse 44. This is really great too. It says, All those who had believed were together and had all things in common. There's a strong commitment to one another. We're going to need that in a major way. Do you know that the church in China... Their life depends on one another. There's a lot of countries that, that, well, not only they can't have church, but as soon as they find out, they'll kill you. We don't have that. But I'll tell you right now, if we don't develop what the early church had, we're going to splinter apart. God is looking for a strong commitment to one another. You know, uh, uh, the strong commitment, I'm looking at these things, it, it, it will display loyalty to one another, dependability, mutual support, respect, giving grace to one another, giving grace to one another. Because until you find out, you don't know what that person sitting next to you is going through. Till you ask a question, till you become somebody that you can make that connection with, you don't know what they're going through. You have no idea what they're going through. They had a strong sense of the priority of unity. The Bible says in, in the beginning, it says that the, the church, the early church, was of one accord. One accord. They made unity work. How many know that's hard? <laughs> it's hard. <clears throat> because you don't get what you want. You got to think about what they want. It takes a lot of effort to do this. It takes a lot of effort. And you cannot just quit in the middle of it. Because what was this? They had a strong commitment to one another. <laughs> that's the culture of the early church. That culture of the early church changes the world. Now, if we put these traits into practice here at Community Life Church, I think we could change Butler. I think we could change the surrounding areas. People will notice when we're not backbiting one another, biting into devouring one another. Well, they, you know them, and they, you know that's they should never, you know. This is where we give grace to one another. We give mercy to one another. It's because when you give mercy, you'll receive mercy. And I promise you, you're going to need mercy probably later on today. <laughs> the next thing is verse 45. Look what it says. And they began selling their properties and possessions and were sharing, with, sharing them with all as might have need. The early church was generous in meeting needs. Generous in meeting needs. Listen, in the process of 
being on mission together, uh, needs are going to arise within individuals. Every single person. People become disheartened. You know, we all experience distress, don't we? We incur personal hardships and struggles. You know, the biblical community that we want to model after is that people didn't keep a blind eye to it. Doesn't bother me. We have to look at each other. You have to be willing to say, you know what, how can I pray for you? Is there any, any needs? Is there anything that you really are desperate for that you need to have help with? This is, this is a gospel community. This is how you do it. And you have to be, we'll get to it a little later on. <laughs> they were generous in meeting needs. It's really important. They were concerned about one another. Just not like, what am I going to have for lunch as soon as church is over? They're concerned for one another. And you know, when you're concerned for one another and you want to fill a need, that's, guess what it's going to be? A sacrifice on your part. If you want to really know what Christianity is about, it's sacrifice. Sacrifice. You know, the, uh, a gospel community, uh, a, a church that is following the model of the early church it, they're, they're, the community will step up to help. It really will step up to help. There's another part to play on that too, is if nobody knows you, if you don't open your heart up to somebody, then nobody will know your need. There is a word of knowledge, there is a word of wisdom, but it, you know what? That doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen. And, and this is another great one here at verse 46. It says, day after day, continually with one mind in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. So do you know what it is? Laughter and fellowship. Laughter and fellowship. You know, who doesn't enjoy downtime? You know, the work of the ministry can be heavy. And it can beat you up. It really can but we have to give the time for fellowship, for laughter, for refreshment with one another. It's important to laugh because difficult times are ahead. And if you're by yourself, you're not going to make it through difficult times. But if you open your heart to a gospel community and everybody's striving to do the same thing, guess what? Needs will be fulfilled. Joy and peace will come upon your heart. And the key is, is all of this is, is we need to make the connections, not just here on Sunday, but outside of the church. Hey, I'm having a barbecue. You want to come over? Hey, I'm going to watch the snowfall. Want to come over? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> The next thing in verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day of those who were being saved. They had a sense of shared destiny about them. They really did. Along with the awe of seeing the miracles that were happening, prayers being answered, they also saw people coming to Christ and seeing life after life be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
And this is, this is a great and exciting time. When you see somebody who is walking in darkness, and then a couple months later, you, because you've made a connection with them, you see their growth, man, that's awesome. That is the most awesome thing. You've got to understand that when we are together with the sense that we are all moving forward in the same destiny in Christ, that unifies and strengthens us. It gives us power to overcome obstacles. Amen? Now, you know, it's true that everybody is, is growing. Everybody is growing in their faith. I'm still growing in my faith. You know, and we all have blind spots. But if you're not connected with anybody... Just like I said before, how's your love walk, Steve? It's fantastic. Or you're making a connection with somebody, and they'll say, you were pretty rough in your answer with that person. You need that. We don't want to bark at people. We want to love them, amen? You know, when people are filled with God's presence when they're seeing answers to their prayer, when they are in a true gospel community, there is that shared destiny. There is just a, a power and an enduring power that will help you go through whatever you're struggling with. It's important. This is the model of the early church. Now, I want you to take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And again, I want to pull out six things that you can find in these scriptures, verses 1 through 12, that apply to the early church, that apply to the church that Jesus Christ went to the cross for. Church isn't about being entertained. It isn't about being comfortable. I like that we have air conditioning. I like that we have heat. I like that we have nice chairs to sit on. I'm glad. I'm really glad. But the key is, is not to become comfortable. It means to, what we need to do is to gather together, light one another's fire so that we can continue our mission that Jesus Christ has given us a responsibility to fulfill. You and I have a responsibility. It's a responsibility that Jesus is going to ask us about. And there's nobody going to be there but you and him. And I think that it's really good when we find a message like this, when we hear something like this, that we start to apply it. Because if we don't apply it, then we're still going to be held responsible because you heard it. In Bible college, they told us this. What you hear, the truth that you hear, you're responsible to carry out. This is when we ask God to forgive us. Because there's plenty of truth that we've heard and we have not carried out. Because I didn't want to. I didn't feel like it. This is, this is where we grow up and mature as believers. Amen? Let's take a look at this. First Thessalonians, you find it? Chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. 
But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated in Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or an attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please men, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, or with a pretext of greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also ourselves, because you have become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that, might not, that we might not be a burden to any of you. Why, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Your witnesses and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you who believe. For you know how, uh, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and his own glory. These are important traits of a gospel community. They're really like the foundation of how a church should be built. And the first thing I pull out here, it's, it's really simple, and it's found kind of like in the middle of, of this passage here. It's in verse 6 and verse 10. Uh, we see uh, that Paul and his group were, uh, they were unwavering not to receive glory from themselves. You know, it's nice to get a compliment. Amen. And people need to be encouraged. But when you start to take glory to yourselves, this is exactly what Satan did. And we don't want to follow him because we know his ruin is just moments away. In verse 10, same thing. He brings this about too. Talks about your witness and God also. How holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. And we see this real true biblical community right here. The glory of God remains to God. That's our thing. We're here to glorify God. This is what we want to do. We want to glorify God. That means we put our personal preferences aside. That's good preaching, Pastor. <laughs> Everyone in the community of believers must faithfully pursue giving God the glory, giving glory to Jesus. You know, the second thing here I want to pull out is, is there in verse 1 and 2. It's pretty amazing here. Verse 1 and 2. He says, their coming to Thessalonica was not in vain. You know, it served a greater purpose. It, 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 he talks about, you know, he suffered shamefully and was mistreated. And they're willing to endure it for the community that he was trying to develop in the power and the glory of God. This, this holds together by the Spirit of God. 
And you have the Spirit of God. If you're born again, you have the Spirit of God. And there's perfect unity in the Godhead. Perfect unity. So when there's a schism, something's out of whack. And, you know, God will let us know what it is. He's that good. But the second thing I pulled out of this is that you've got to be willing to endure all obstacles. They said this in, in, in school. He says, what you have to do is you have to have thick skin and a soft heart. Thick skin and a soft heart. Anybody who's ever ministered to people, you know that that is true. When we're willing, as a body of believers, to go through hardship for the cause of Christ, the world will take notice because it's so weird to them. It's weird. You're committed. You're faithful. You love these people. You're not in it for yourself. That's weird. That's totally opposite of the world. Totally opposite of the world. The third thing you find in here is, is that it is a gospel-centered and mission-driven community. Gospel-driven. This is really important, verses 3 and 4 here. You know, he says, this is really an amazing thing that we've got to understand, and I think a lot of times we pass it off, and maybe because of the way we were brought up in church, or maybe the way we weren't brought up in church. Like Pastor Mamie came up through the Catholic Church. Now, I don't know, and she hasn't been in the Catholic Church for a long time, uh, and I don't know if things have changed, but it was, you didn't do anything. The congregation's whole thought was, well, the priest does that. Uh, the priest does that. Somebody's sick, oh, the priest does that. No, we're, we're a community. We're a community. You, you see a need, you generously fill it. You encourage one another. You encourage one another. It's It's... This is a responsibility that just does not sit on a pastor or a prayer worker or a children's worker. It, it's a responsibility for every single one of us to preach the gospel, to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Tell him about his goodness and how he's changed your life. I was this and now I'm this. And it was a struggle walking through all this it just didn't open up to me. I had to put effort in it, but I'd never change it. You too could have your sins forgiven. Just think of the weight that gets thrown off of a person when they, when they really come to understand that their sins are forgiven. And even in our conversations here at church, you know, hey, I was just checking this scripture out. It really ministered to me. You don't even have to go any deeper than that. Look at, read at what it says. I mean, listen, I don't know what all these scriptures mean. I have a good clue on what it is, and I've trained myself to discover it. I've also sat at Jesus' feet to find out what it is. But this is what's going to strengthen this body of believers. Not necessarily just our conversations about who knows, the Super Bowl and Kansas City's going to win. Right, Dave? <laughs> Just like what they, the praise and worship team. Those scriptures that they spoke of today, 
Do you know that that lit their heart up? And what they wanted to do is share it with you. They, I want to share this fire that I have. And when you have a heart that's ready to receive and you understand what a gospel community is, you're going to receive that. And what is it going to do? It's going to inspire us. We're going to inspire one another. We have a responsibility to one another. We do. It's not just come in, sit down, and go. This is a community that you're going to have to rely on. Just like the church in China. Just like the church in Somalia. Just like the church in Myanmar. Let's go on here. Let's go on. I better roll this out. Verse 5. He says that we never came with words of flattery nor with a pretext for greed. Is, this is, Paul wasn't there just to get something from them. He wasn't there trying to get an offering. He wanted to serve these people. And the key is, the fourth thing I see here in a true biblical community, is, and this was a dominating mindset in Acts chapter 2 and in the second chapter of 1 Thessalonians, is to give and not get. To give and not get. How many times, and I, this is just an example that came to my heart right now, is, is people, well, if I hit the lottery, then I'll give. I don't have enough to give. Maybe you're in your position because you don't give. Because there's plenty of scripture that declares if you apply your faith to your giving... God's going to provide for you. And that reminds me of the, 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 the widow. And what did she give? Jesus is, listen to this. I find this really in, incredible. Jesus is sitting next to the treasury. Kind of make you sweat a little bit. <laughs> He's sitting next to the treasury. And he's watching everybody give. I wonder if he still does that today. Especially because it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But she gave two copper coins. Two copper coins. And Jesus declared she gave more than all of the rest of them combined. Because she gave everything that she had to live on. I wonder if God took care of her. <laughs> glory to God you know healthy biblical communities look for ways to give to the community not always give listen we're all going to find ourselves in need we're all going to find ourselves that we need help amen and the church is here to help you no question about it but the help the church gives to you is because other people gave to the church. <laughs> the church will serve you. But it's not that I'm coming to church to see what I can get. 
Listen, you come to church to see what you can give. Just like we talked about, if I have a scripture that God has been rolling around in my heart, you know what? He's going to give you an opportunity to tell somebody about that scripture. And it's going to fire them up. It's going to create this passion. That's what we need, passion. This is the next thing I'm going to find out about this. And this is verses 8 and 9. And this is, this is really great. Uh, Paul uses an amazing description here, a phrase. It's, it says that he is affectionately desirous of them. Pretty astonishing language, huh? Affectionately desirous of them. And the fifth thing here is to love for others. Love for others. I mean, how many people think this way? Couldn't wait to get to church because I am just affectionately desirous for everybody. Didn't come to your mind, did it? <laughs> A couple of Wednesdays tonight during prayer, we started praying about the love of God. And the more we investigated, the more we prayed, the more God revealed to us. And then we all recognized that our love walk stinks. We think we're doing really good. But what are we measuring ourselves by? <laughs> we're measuring ourselves by the love of God that has been shed abroad in our heart. To love is a choice. And to love doesn't mean you feel good about it. Amen? You know, I, I think that if we started to put all these, these traits into practice here at Community Life Church, I believe that we're going to see more answered prayers. I honestly, I honestly believe that we're going to see miracles happen in this place. No doubt about it. It's unity. It's really becoming a true gospel community. And what all that means, and that means that you're going to have to change, it means I'm going to have to change, it means I'm going to have to sacrifice, it means you're going to have to sacrifice. That means we have to be aware of one another. We have to make these connections, not just superficial, because you're never going to find out about something superficial that is a deep hurt in somebody's life. And you might have been hurt the same way, but if you don't ever investigate one another... You're never going to be able to help that person. See where this all works? It it's all works together. It really does. Paul said he didn't want to be a burden to anybody. He just wanted to give. He wanted to give. This is amazing. You know, it goes back to the same thing. Is like, boy, oh boy. It, we got to get rid of this selfishness. And Jesus said, unless you lose your life, you'll never find it. But if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. He's not kidding. He's not kidding. And this brings us to the sixth thing, is to share your soul. Share your life with one another. And this is what he said in verse 8. He says, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you've become very dear to us. That means he was willing to be vulnerable. Anybody been hurt in church? Everybody's hand should go up because it's true. Okay, now, here's the key. 
If you shut down after that, you're going no further. You're done. You've got to be willing to be hurt. And then you have to be willing to forgive. Love takes into account a no wrong. You understand? Read 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to find out about our love life. These are the traits that Pastor Mamie, Pastor Ben, and the leadership of Community Life Church want to bring about. A church that does these things can change the world. It can change that stubborn family member of yours. And we all have them. But it takes effort on your part, takes effort on my part, takes sacrifice on your part, takes sacrifice on my part. And we're not weighing it out. Well, I sacrificed a little bit more than you did. And, that is, you know, we're not doing that. That's the thing of the world. Listen, we're not of the world. We're not of the world. And what I want to develop here, what Pastor Mamie and I and the leadership of Community Life Church, we want to develop a true model of Christianity. We want to build a true church, one that Jesus Christ himself died for. We don't want to put on a show. We, want to, we don't want to just attract you with some special thing. We want to tell you about the life giver, the one who will forgive your sins, the miracle worker, the way maker. He never stops working. He never stops working. Praise and worship team, will you come on up? What I want to do now is I want us just to get quiet before God. And I want us to just judge ourselves. There, I know there was a lot in this message. But yet, I know the Holy Spirit and how He works. He's put something in your heart. He touched your heart with some things today that need to be worked on. And he touched everybody's heart on things that need to be worked on. You're not by yourself. God is not condemning you here. Listen carefully. He's not condemning you here. That's just not how he does it. He's showing you this so that you will, in your heart, make more room for him. And I want you just, just to... Get in an attitude of prayer. Father, we humble ourselves before you today. Right now, this moment. And we see from your word that, oh my goodness, to have a gospel community, to have a church that you want, we want. We want that type of church here at Community Life Church. We want that type of church right here in Butler. And we work and prioritize unity, love for one another. Oh, Father, I, I thank you for making the adjustments in our mindset. Because we want a church the type of church that you want.
not based on our past history or experience. We want to be the true light in darkness. We do want to be salt of the earth. You are a miracle worker. And I know sometimes when we find something, we hear something that we kind of bend our backs toward it. We become stiff-necked. Oh, I don't want to hear that. But Lord, I'm asking you to write upon our minds and our hearts this message and what you want. Because we want to be a church that brings you glory. We want to be a church that honors you. We want to be a church that expresses your love. you're here today and, and you you really have never given your life to Jesus Christ and let me qualify that you know I grew up going to church I've been in church all my life but I was never born again I didn't get born again until I went to college because I just thought I was born again you have to walk through the way to get born again that Jesus said. You must be born again. You must be born of His Spirit. If you're here today and maybe you've gone to church all your life and you've never personally asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins, to be the God of your life, to be the Lord of your life, to be your personal King, you've never really truly submitted to him and you're ready to do that I'm asking you to raise your hand so I can see it and we'll pray a prayer okay I believe that everybody here is born again Heavenly Father so now I'm asking you to really print this on our hearts and our minds because we want to see your glory we want to see you do miracles we want to help people believe for miracles. I want to give you honor in this place. We declare that we submit to you, Lord, and to your word, now and forever. Amen.